Welcome to the Fandom Meta Show with your host, Anthony Ergo, aka Ruin the Man Baby. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fandom Menace Show. So today we have our guest and his name is Dennis Pellegrom. He is a member of StarWarsInterviews.com, also StarWarsAwakens.nl, which is the uh, Dutch Star Wars community. But rather than me talk about that, I'll let him come on and talk to you directly. So Dennis, welcome to the show. Hi, Anthony. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. Uh, so, Dennis, it's very clear from your uh, your opening words that you are a Dutch native. You've got that fantastic Dutch accent. So, perhaps you could tell us about your involvement in, in Star Wars over in uh, in the Netherlands. Well, uh, currently, I'm uh, one of the editors of StarWarsAwakens.nl. It's the biggest and only Dutch uh, community website. Before that, it all started uh, in 1983 when I was uh, seven years old. I was uh, watching uh, television and they were showing some clips and scenes from a new Star Wars movie called Return of the Jedi. And they were shown the uh, Salak pit battle scene. And I was, I was just, I was seven years old and I was watching it and I was. I have to see it. So I begged my parents to take me to the cinema, which they did. Um, I saw the movie. It was, open, like Obi-Wan would say, my first step into a larger world. And, uh, well, I was hooked and I was a fan for life. Now, at the end of the 80s, it seemed that Star Wars was kind of dead. Uh, uh, um, there were no new movies, no animation series like Droids and Ewoks. They were all done and gone. And then in the early 90s, I discovered uh, some books uh, called uh, Heir to the Empire from Timmy Zahn. I picked them up and boom, Star Wars was suddenly back again. Uh, it, it, it was like, um, yeah, seeing a new movie, but then in a book. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I've got to tell you, I've just started the first uh, um, novel in that uh, Timothy's Arm yeah. trilogy. Um, I was actually put onto it in, in episode one of this podcast show by Matthew Kadish. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the EU novels and, you know, I'd, I'd never really delved into it. And I said, look, what's a good start point? And he said, yeah, the Timothy's on. And he, he said exactly right. what you said. You know, it just feels a lot like the, the original movies. Would you say so? Yeah, it, 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 it was the, the perfect continuation of uh, the Star Wars saga. In 97, we got the, uh, the special editions. Uh, one year later, uh, we got the first Star Wars convention in the Netherlands. Uh, they had guests like Peter Mayhew, uh, Jeremy Bullock, um, Kenny Baker was there, Mike Edmonds. And, uh, well... A couple of years later, um, uh, I was asked to join another Star Wars convention held here in the Netherlands. And, well, that was kind of the beginning of a brand new adventure. So a couple of days later, I was suddenly uh, talking to Billy Dee Williams, Anthony Daniels. Uh, I was also Anthony Daniels' uh, personal assistant during uh, the whole weekend. 
Uh, who else? Uh, Tim Rose was there. Several Tim others. Rose, by the way, I mean, I'm, I'm sure most people know, but for those who Admiral don't, Tim, Admiral Tim Rose, Admiral Agbar, yeah. of course. He, he, he is, plays yeah. Admiral Agbar. And, well, um, the good thing was the interviews, it, it was such a brilliant experience for me. Uh, the bad news was that um, after the weekend, uh, the event went bankrupt. So <laughs> there I was with several interviews on tape. Right. And I was, I was like, okay, they were supposed to be for uh, the website from the convention. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it's all gone. So what shall I do with it? So then um, the first version of Star Wars interviews started on that day. We're now uh, 14 years later, and uh, the number of interviews on my website is over 180. So I'm um, I'm very proud of that. That's that that, that that's kind of in um, yeah my Star Wars story. That is absolutely awesome, and uh, you know, obviously, we're gonna we're gonna. Um give this a full plug at the end but i just want to mention it again Thanks. right now because um people should really go check it out it's such a fantastic archive of of interviews from so many of you know the the big and and the lesser known names in star yeah. wars and uh, so starwarsinterviews.com dennis done an absolutely fantastic job please do check it out but dennis i, I tell you who i'd like to really talk to you about Anthony Daniels, and there's a couple of reasons. Yeah. Firstly, because um, my partner, it's her favorite, C-3PO is her favorite character in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. She absolutely mm -hmm. loves C-3PO, which is a bit unusual. He's not always the, the obvious choice, but um, but also a lot of things I've read about Anthony Daniels. Um, obviously, he does such a fantastic job in the character portrayal and so on, but um, yeah. I've read things kind of like off the set. He can sometimes be a, a, a difficult character. So I, I'd love to get your insight. You know, you acted as a, um, you know, an assistant to him for a whole weekend. So, yeah. so you know, I'd, I'd love your direct opinion on it. Yeah. I, well, uh, as I just mentioned, I was his assistant in 2005 and also in 2006, he was attending an event in Belgium. And, uh, well, in between and afterwards, I've had contact with him uh, by uh, email, by uh, by post. And, well, I know the stories that are uh, being told about him, being a, a difficult person. And, uh, well, he's, um, well, how should I say it? He's, he's someone who likes and loves all the details. I can remember uh, back back in 2005, we were uh, setting up his table, and he was, um, well, other actors would just say, uh, okay, uh, put some uh, photos of, uh, of me on, on the table, which you can sign, and uh, that's it. And he was, now I want that photo over there, that one over there, that... He was just very precise, and okay. well, I had no problems with it. Um, also, he wanted um, a special table, a high table, a table uh, uh, which uh, he could stand behind and uh, sign without having to bend over or to sit down. And okay. well, all, all the other actors, they were sitting the entire day. And there were several people telling me, well, 
why does Mr. Daniels uh, uh, want a special table? Does he think he's uh, the almighty C-3PO Anthony Daniels actor person? And I said, when, when I explained uh, to the people what his reason was behind it, they, well, they accepted it. They understood it. Um, also, he... Um, uh, what, what was it, Dennis? What, what, what was the, yeah. the exact reason from wanting that high table? Was it back problems? Was it, you know... He could look people right in the eye. Ah, okay. Face to face. He hated it to uh, sit down and to look up every time. You know, that makes total sense now that you say it, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I, I've been to a lot of conventions and I know exactly what you mean. That makes total sense, actually, to be stood up, to be face-to-face. -face. Uh, you're not looking up, you're not bending down. Yeah. He, he, he also wanted um, um, uh, a corner, a special corner, where uh, fans could pose with photos with him. Uh, most of the other actors, if you would ask them, can I have my picture taken with you? They would say, yeah, sure. And they would... Uh, stay seated and well the fans they had to bend down and uh, he would invite the fans to uh, come behind his table and then have a nice photo taken of oh. both the fan and himself standing right up so uh, one other thing uh, all the kids that uh, came by his table they got a free autograph so, wow. yeah, he, he, the way I experienced him was he's just a great guy. And, yeah, sure, he's he has his, well, uh, special uh, ways of behavior, if you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, overall, he was, he was a real gentleman. Yeah, I would just like to say, don't believe all the negative stuff that is said uh, of him. Uh, afterwards, uh, he signed a ton of photos of artwork uh, for me. Uh, a week later, he even sent me a handwritten letter in which uh, he thanked me. Uh, he thanked me on his website. Yeah, I'm a Anthony Daniels fan for life. Good. All Anthony's are great guys, by the way. That's that's just a absolutely. <laughs> okay, so it's good to hear directly from someone like you. Spend time with them. Actually, the the real side to Anthony Daniels, because um, again, he, you know, he's he, he's such a good guy. When you see him at the conventions, I've been at conventions where he is, and you know, love love the portrayal of C three PO, and he he's got that real vibe of an old sort of thespian english stage actor you know he brings something totally different to star wars the other guy i'd be interested to hear you talk about is kenny baker um i actually met kenny baker at yeah. um a small star wars convention um in england and it was actually unfortunately not long before he died he was um you know so good of him to keep doing the conventions you know right up to the end but he was Sadly, you know, he's, he was in a bad way. I think he was pretty much wheelchair-bound at that point. But uh, I know, he, you know, he was, he was a big figure ahead at a lot of the conventions. You know, he did do the circuit quite a lot. So what was your yeah. experience of Kenny Baker? Um, well, I've met him several times. And uh, I did an interview with him back in 2006. And, well, I can remember 
two things about the interview. One is um, his wife was uh, sitting next to us uh, at the hotel and um, she fell asleep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and well, the, the, the other thing was uh, we were sitting at the hotel and there were some cosplayers there. And uh, one was um, uh, a girl, early 20s, dressed as Slave Leia. Oh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> And she, um, uh, well, we, we were sitting uh, where the, uh, the hotel rooms were, and uh, next to our room was uh, the changing room for the cosplayers. And, uh, well, the girl, she, uh, uh, she walked past the room we were sitting in, and both, both Kenny Baker saw her and uh, his wife also saw her, and uh, Kenny was just answering a question and his eyes <laughs> they went right towards slave Leia. and 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 then his wife out of the blue said i can pull that off i can still wear that still wear that <laughs> and well i guess that I, she's worn it at some point i was i was yeah <laughs> really laughing hard I, so was Kenny, by the way. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good memories, good memories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to wonder the these actors and the characters. You know, they, they, we're talking sort of forty years worth of conventions and um, you know, sort of fan events and so on. You know, you have to wonder whether the Disney era characters and the actors who portray them in 40 years, will, will we still see them at conventions? Um, what, what do you think on that? I guess it also depends on what other movies uh, they will do for the next couple of years. Uh, suppose there's some background alien that was in woke run or the last jedi or whatever and uh, well, suppose that he uh, or she starts to appear in another new very popular series well maybe then we will see them many years from now yeah. but based on just uh, the disney movies uh, i don't know i don't know because um here in the Netherlands, there's uh, there are several conventions. Uh, there is one big one. Uh, it's by far the biggest. There's like uh, it's, it's it's being held two times a year. Uh, there's uh, there's an attendance of thirty thousand people. Uh, almost two years ago, they had uh, two Star Wars guests, uh, Spencer Wilding, who plays Darth Vader in Rogue One, and uh, Yona Suotamo who plays Chewbacca in uh, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and, of course, the solo movie. And, well, you would say, okay, those are two big names. Mm. Um, and definitely Chewbacca. Is, everybody knows Chewbacca. Everybody likes Chewbacca. But for some weird reason, the, uh, the lines uh, for the, uh, uh, the photo boot they weren't long. There were, uh, I believe, there were just five, six people. 
Right. In the past, Star Wars was big, was huge. There were uh, long lines for uh, uh, people like Jeremy Bullock, Anthony Daniels, etc. And it seems that, well, at least in the Netherlands, uh, it has, yeah, the the whole signing thing. Um, in, in the signing circuit, the popularity of Star Wars actors is declining. We're part of this um, generation who, who sort of, you know, were born around the say the time the Star Wars released. Yeah. We kind of we've grown up with it. We've known it all of our lives. And I think you've hit the nail on the head, Dennis. I think our generation and and some of the generations after, um, you know, it wasn't just about going to watch the movie. It was about getting all the, the toys you know the books um the computer games you know it was a whole uh just a whole variety of of content and um accessories and merchandise and you know if we could get our hands on it we would um i don't know if that applies to the shall we say the sort of newer generation what do you think uh well i have uh, two kids uh, one son who is uh, eight years old and uh, well, he has seen uh, the original trilogy. He has seen the prequels, Rogue One, the Ewok movies. Uh, he likes Qui Gon. He likes Anakin Skywalker. But uh, as far as toys are concerned, he doesn't care. He's into uh, Pokemon. Yeah, and 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 lo- looking at uh, the other kids uh, in his class at his school. I don't see a lot of Star Wars uh, backpacks or T-shirts or uh, kids playing their Kylo Ren or Darth Vader or uh, whatever. Uh, it seems that, yeah, it, it, the way Star Wars grabbed uh, our generation and the generation of uh, the late 90s, early zeros with the prequel uh, movies, I don't have uh, the feeling that uh, the same thing is happening right now. You, you have to wonder. I mean, you know, we, a, a lot of people will, will say, oh, Star Wars is as strong as ever. Just look at the, uh, you know, the figures for The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. But then you have to look at the the figures for Solo and, and how badly that did. Um, even even Rogue One, which, you know, personally I, I liked, I, I probably, you know, my, my favorite out of all the, the Disney movies. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, that I, I thought I thought they got a lot right in Rogue One. I know there's a hell of a lot of uh, reshoots and, and a lot of work in the edit, <laughs> but they got a lot of things right. They got the feel right. It felt like original mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. to me, you know, and, and it, it's got flaws, no doubt. It's not a perfect movie. Um, the first third would just kind of, for me, felt a little bit slow and, and it kind of flitted between planet to planet and two minutes scene here and two minutes scene there. But that last third, wow, you know, and that that Vader yeah. scene. I know, I know people say it's fan service, mm-hmm. but I absolutely love that Vader scene. Yeah, I, um, on one hand, Rogue One was a great movie, but um, I don't think it's a movie that... Um, appeals a lot to kids. If I would have seen that movie when I was seven or eight years old, uh, I mean, everybody dies. It's a great movie, and uh, I'm I'm sure uh, 99% of all the adult Star Wars fans, like you, like me, will uh, will enjoy the movie. 
but uh, for kids, uh, not sure. Yeah, fair point. And and you know what? It was one of the reasons I, I loved it as well. Actually, um, I loved the fact that it was it was almost quite dark in in the way all the heroes died, and they kind of had to. You know, they obviously didn't appear then would have been a prequel in any of the um, mm-hmm, subsequent mm-hmm. movies. But yeah, I like that. But I totally understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I I thought they got a lot right though at Rogue One. Something just about the the feel of it, which they've just not captured since with um, with the other sequel movies or, or with with Solo. Solo had a very strange um, feel to it. it. Just didn't feel right. It, fe- at all. it, 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 it felt like a, a, a TV movie mm. with a, a larger budget. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a perfect way of putting it, actually. The one thing I will say, though, and you mentioned his name earlier, so I want to get back to him, the guy who played Chewbacca. Jonas Jonas, Jonas, right. Jonas, yeah. who played Chewbacca, um, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he's, 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 he's yeah, done a great he, job every time he's played Chewbacca. And he's a really great guy, very down-to-earth, almost a bit, um, a bit shy, maybe. He, he came across so well at the last Star Wars celebration. Yeah. I watched some of the, the live footage from it, and I thought of all the people, some of those panels were, were really hard work to sit through. You know, you had actors kind of avoiding answering questions and looking to to J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy to see what they could say and what they couldn't say, and it was it was all kind of pointless. But Jonas was one of the highlights, actually. I, you know, I really enjoyed hearing from him. And to say he plays Chewbacca really well, I mean, some people would say, oh, God, it's just a seven-foot guy in a big hairy suit, but it's mm. not. It's such an iconic character, and there's there's yeah. so many fine points, like the, the gait, the way he walks, the way he moves, yep. and, you know, yep. he, he has to bring that consistency from peter mayhew and he managed Absolutely. to do that i thought he's done a great job so yeah. you know hey we get called haters uh dennis but uh here we are talking positively about uh, rogue one and about um you know the portrayal of chewbacca so you know there yeah, are some I, positives oh there are several positive things i i, I mean I've, I've i've spoken with uh several uh, cast members uh, from uh, both Rogue One and The Force Awakens, and uh, well, they're all so friendly, positive, proud uh, that they're into uh, that, that they're in uh, a Star Wars movie. Uh, a friend of mine, Rick Stanley, uh, he was an extra in uh, the Solo movie, and I remember that he told me, and he was. He was just so happy, and uh, yeah, the, all the people I've 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 had contact with, they were uh, down to earth, uh, not arrogant or whatever in any way. Yeah, it, there are <laughs> a lot of positive things uh, I can say about uh, about Disney's involvement, about the Disney movies. Yeah. You know, often that gets overlooked. You know, this is called the Fandom Menace show. I speak to people mainly from within the Fandom Menace, but I'm hoping to get people on here who are, who are outside the Fandom Menace. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. just refine this to people who I share the same views with. And already, you know, I've had guests on and we differ. We differ on what we think of The Force Awakens, of Rogue One, of, of other areas. Um, but you know, I really want to break this myth that the Phantom Menace are just a bunch of haters, you know, that we, we 
we we dislike anything that Disney produces. We're always you're going to see the bad in it. It's just not true. What we are is we are um, very passionate, but we're also not yeah. willing to just just uh, purely have positive views about absolutely everything that Disney produced. We are going to look at things critically, and we're going to give honest opinion on that. And I don't think there's anything wrong in that. Absolutely. There are also fans who, uh, uh, just as long as there's a, a Star Wars logo uh, attached to it, they will say, brilliant, masterpiece. Uh, well, that's something I will never do, I can never do, I will never understand. So, yeah. When you accept anything with that Lucasfilm Disney Star Wars logo on it, you are effectively then endorsing a substandard product. You're saying, I'm willing to accept anything and everything you offer me. I will buy it regardless. I will go watch it regardless. You can have my ticket money. And therefore, the the content creators, there's no drive for them to produce the best content possible. It's a guaranteed income regardless. All we ask for is for good writing, good production, you know, stay true to the things that brought the fan base together, those original movies, those original characters. That's all we're asking for. And when we don't get it, we're, we're going we're gonna to express our discontent. That's, that's all it is. Exactly. I, I, I really think that the way uh, Disney is handling Star Wars right now is um, uh, when Lucas was in charge, uh, he needed three years to right to a movie and now with disney um a movie a year yeah, force awakens in 2015 a year later Rogue one then the last jedi five months after that we got solo uh three months from now uh, we'll be getting the mandalorian in between we've had uh rebels animated series we've had resistance an animated series it's Boom, almost more content, Star Wars content uh, on the big and small screen than we've had uh, in the 30 years before that. And um, sometimes I think it's it's overkill. It's just too much. It's impossible to produce that much new content uh, without doing concessions to the quality of the stories. I think, yeah, that's something Disney could and should handle in a better way. And, well, the other thing I I am going to mention it is that, um, how should I uh, say it in English? Uh, uh, they're injecting certain uh, ideologies is that the correct word yeah, in yeah, their right. in their in their books, especially in their books, uh, right. but also in the movies? And, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really think that that's a shame. Uh, when when one of the reasons I became a Star Wars fan, I liked Star Wars uh, so much, was it was um, just pure simple fun. George Lucas always said that. Um, uh, he got a lot of inspiration from the Saturday uh, matinee uh, serials like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers. Uh, so, yeah, they, they were just pure, simple, without all the 
uh, yeah, gender policies and inclusiveness and uh, Star Wars rap matters. Uh, you have seen the uh, the hashtag on uh, Twitter. Of course. Um, yeah. 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 What are all, all that crap? In my opinion. And maybe I will get a lot of uh, criticism because uh, I'm, I'm saying this right now. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, Star Wars doesn't need it. It needs to be simple for everybody. Just plain, simple, fun, action, adventure, swashbuckling uh, with uh, uh, influences from classic stories and not modern day politics yeah you're absolutely right and and you shouldn't take criticism for a comment like that at all you know this this is one of the arguments uh, that which is used against the fandom menace quite often but just five ten minutes ago we were speaking in glowing terms of rogue one now rogue one is actually one of the most diverse casts out of all the star wars movies but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't an issue whatsoever because it made sense within the story. Uh, the story was about a, a ragtag band from you know all parts of the galaxy all being brought together to go on a mission. So it made sense that they all look different, have different backgrounds, and you know skin colors and you know genders and you name it. That just worked within that story within that um, narrative. The Absolutely. issue we have is when it's. Um, it's specifically used in a way to kind of it's it's called force diversity or you know the the, the best example mm-hmm. i would use is from our old friend ryan johnson's the last jedi and it's when he he uses um the way he makes uh, what he would call strong independent female characters like ray like holdo like tico mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. the way he he does that is to have them put down the male characters so you've got yeah. Rose Tico, Zappen, Finn. You've got you know Holdo um, and a treatment of Poe. You've even got Leia who slaps Poe. You know, and obviously Ray who floors Luke. And you know, it's it, every every female character. The only way he, device he can use to make them look a, a strong, independent female character is by have them put down the male character, and that's not the way to do it. There are so many great strong female characters i'm thinking legendary films like uh, ripley and alien you know there's so many examples of where you know you can write real good strong female characters wow wow having them denigrate the male characters and that's just one example there are many other issues but would you agree with that is that you know something oh, I, that's I, a I, bit I, of turn off no, no, no. absolutely you mentioned ripley but also uh, jane fonda as barbarella in the yeah. uh, late 60s, early 70s, or uh, Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies. Yeah, so many. Yeah. And, and, and if you think of those characters, none of them are, dif- you know, the, the, their strength doesn't come from the way they put down male characters. It comes from how they portray themselves, you know, their action that they're involved in, their decision-making, you know, actual good writing, um, the background to the character, the thoughts they make. You know, th- this is this is where Absolutely. Ryan Johnson fails. Yeah. You know, w- with a character like Ray, 
Um, we could be so much better connected to her if we saw some flaws in her character, if we actually saw a fail. We've never seen a fail in anything. Uh, we've had two whole movies now. She's never lost a fight. She's never failed. She's never really come up against any adversity. Some people challenge this and they say, oh, she was left on a planet on her own. Um, you know, parents abandoned her, blah, blah, blah. Within the movies, we have never seen a fail. We've never seen a face adversity. So how can anyone relate to a character like that? She can adopt the force with zero training. Uh, she can call upon it at, at will. She can do things almost immediately that took other Jedi, you know, months, if not years to learn. So how does the average person relate to that? Someone who's just so perfect in every way. You know, this is one of my big issues with The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I can only totally agree with you. Uh, well, my uh, biggest criticism of uh, not only the Last Jedi but also the Force Awakens is the way they, the way uh, the legacy characters were handled. Um, yeah, they they kill off Han Solo, which was uh, and still is my favorite character and also my all-time favorite actor Harrison Ford uh, the big three they don't have a scene together uh, it, 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 it's also uh, depressing Luke has gone missing for God knows how many years Han and Leia the happy couple separated Han instead of uh, some, some big general in the, the New Republic he's Really, back to square one. The first time we met him in um, A New Hope, he was just flying around in his Falcon with Chewbacca. In the movies, we see him uh, uh, become uh, a big person within the rebellion. He ends up getting the princess, and then, boom, it's all gone. What a difference with the uh, the stories from the expanded universe where Han and Leia were still together. They have a couple of kids, uh, Jason, Jaya, uh, uh, Anakin. Uh, okay. It was so far more interesting. And I really think that Disney should have used either those stories for the new trilogy uh, or uh, the original uh, storyline that George Lucas had in mind. And in the Expanded Universe, we've had several fantastic female characters. Uh, Gina Solo, uh, Mara Jade, of course, uh, Shira Bree from the, uh, the original Marvel comics, uh, uh, Nomi Sunrider, also from uh, the comics. Um, and, well, <laughs> instead, <laughs> we get General Holdo. And, I mean, Laura Dern, she's such a great actress. She's, mm. I mean, she, she, she's fantastic. But that role, no, no, no. It, it, it was like... <sighs> Day Metna in space. I mean, come on. Only the glasses <laughs> were missing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh, yeah. In 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 many ways, it it's it was a a wasted opportunity, and um, 
in November the the Mandalorian TV show uh, TV show will uh, will air for the uh, for the first time, and I really hope that uh, the makers uh, John Favreau he um, yeah he will as uh, Max von Sydow says at the beginning of the Force Awakens he will begin to set things right. And, and that's fair, isn't it? You know, let, let's see what, how they do. I mean, I, you mentioned the Mandalorian. I, I'm I'm holding out hope for the Mandalorian. Firstly, I'm a huge Mando fan. I'm a massive Boba Fett fan. So, um, you know, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it from that point of view. But also, they seem to have the right people lined up for that. Unlike Ryan Johnson, yeah. maybe J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. and you look at what they did before star wars the people they've got involved with the mandalorian seem to be the right people you know i'm talking you know the writers the producers the actors some great casting choices for that again i watched the yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah i watched the uh the star wars celebration panel on the mandalorian and it was probably the best panel of the whole weekend uh some real you know, actors with charisma and people who seem genuinely excited and, and you know, they, they, they look like they're having fun. John Favreau leading the way. You know, he's he's a huge Star Wars fan. He's worked with mm-hmm. Dave Filoni, who's a major figure, you know. So I'm holding out hope for The Mandalorian. We'll, we'll see how that does. But you're right. That's the best way to approach it. Let's see. You know, let's give it a chance. Let's see. It's time for The Mandalorian. So this is uh, Ruin the Ruin Johnson or Ruin the Man Baby as I'm known. And it's the part of the show and you can hear Dennis laughing in the background because he knows the time where he's about to face the Man Baby Challenge. Now, Dennis, I'll explain how the Man Baby Challenge works. It's a very simple format. You will face 10 questions about my perfect star wars movie and if you get most of them right you'll be considered a shill or if you get most of them wrong you'll be considered a man baby Uh, so Ah. i don't know which way you're going to go on this dennis will you err on the side of the shills or will you head towards the man babies of the fandom menace obviously the decision is yours get them all right Mm -hmm. you'll be a shill get them mostly wrong you'll be a man baby are you ready for the man baby challenge dennis yeah i really want to subvert your expectations so (laughs) i want to be i want to be a shell he's going for a (laughs) shell yeah absolutely we'll see see how well he does in that case okay so question number one in the last jedi how much screen time does chewbacca have is it a (sighs) four minutes 15 seconds or is it b six minutes 12 seconds um well that's 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 a gamble um i'm gonna go for uh four minutes he's going for a and he's correct Ah. You've got your first shill points on the board. Phew. Well done, Dennis. Good one. So 10% towards being a shill. Question number two. Complete this Poe Dameron quote. We are oh. a spark that would light the fire that will, is it A, burn the First Order down, or is it B, ignite the torch of resistance? 
Um, A, the first order. He's going, going for A, and it's correct. You are two for two. You are certainly gunning for those tickets for Star Wars Celebration. If you get 100%, I'll even send you a plus one, Dennis. How about that? Ooh. So <laughs> two out of two. Here we go. Question number three. Who played the Master Code Breaker? Was it A, Benicio, Benicio del, Toro. del Toro, or was it B, oh, no, no, Justin no. Theroux? It was Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux was I'm, the Master Code I'm Breaker. sorry, I have to accept your first answer. No, ah. I, won't be that cr- I won't be that cruel, Dennis. Do you want A, Benicio del Toro, or B? No, it was Justin, J- J- Justin Theroux, but Benicio del Toro played uh, DJ, the, uh, yeah. The fake, they uh, they go with Justin Theroux. Great, great actor, yeah. by the way. He knows his stuff. It is Justin Theroux. He's three for three. Well done. Okay, let's see if we can catch you out with this one. Now, this is a really interesting one. Question number four. What was the original opening scene in The Last Jedi? Was it A, Kylo being treated by a medical droid, or was it B, Finn in the back to suit the original i'm gonna go with um kylo being treated you've gone for a kylo being treated it is incorrect it was finn in Ah. the back to suit what a terrible opening scene that would have made um so you're you're three out of four you're still 30 percent shill you're still doing rather well uh, if 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 being a shill is your ultimate goal, of course. So let's move on. <laughs> Question five: How many Praetorian guards did Kylo Ren kill? It's that famous throne room fight scene. Was it A four or was it B five? Four. He's going for A four. The correct answer is B five. Ah, man. Another wrong answer. You're st- stuck on mm. 30% shill, but there's still five more questions to go. Question number six. What hand does Ray use to offer Luke the lightsaber? So that famous scene early on, she holds out the lightsaber to Luke, but was it in her A, a left hand, or B, her right hand? Uh... Can I use Google? No. <laughs> I can hear you clicking, Dennis, just because I can't see no. you. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, mm, I would say her right hand because she's right-handed, right? Well, that would make sense, but obviously yeah. in Ruin Johnson's world of subversion, <laughs> it was her left hand. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Which makes no sense at all. Uh, perhaps it was to <laughs> align her with Luke's right, robotic right hand. I don't know. I, I just made it up on the day. But anyway, you remain on 30%. Move on. Question seven. How much screen time does Snow have? So another one of these tricky screen time questions. Was it A, nine minutes, 30 seconds? Or was it B, five minutes, 30 seconds? Oh, man. Snoke, um, how many minutes? I believe he is just in 
two scenes, so I would say five minutes. You are correct. Yes, just the five minutes of our the greatest body the galaxy has ever seen. So you're up to 40% shill now. Could really go either way, this, with just a few questions to go. So let's see. Will you be more shill or man, baby? Question eight. How long did it take to shoot the three flashback scenes? So these are the three scenes we have uh, with Luke and uh, Kylo Ren and the uh, original uh -huh. uh, Jedi Temple. So was it A, three weeks, or was it B, half a day? Uh, half a day. Correct. You've got us ah. right again. You're, you've now hit the 50% mark. Question number nine. Now, this is interesting because we talked about her earlier on. What did Laura Dern do every time she fired a gun? Is it A, she said pew? Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Was it, it B, she blinked? Are you going with A? No. Pew, yeah. You're correct. 60% shill. As we go into our last question, number 10. What was the scene Ryan Johnson worked on the most in editing? Was it A, Luke's death scene, or was it B, the throne room fight scene? I would say the throne room fight scene, but then again... <laughs> something about subverting expectations i'm gonna go with luke's death scene and you are correct you <laughs> second guessed my subversive ways and yes even though it was a god-awful scene he i did spend an awful long time uh editing that to make sure he did in fact appear like a hot fart dispersing into the night and uh, the final insult to the character of luke congratulations for taking part Thanks. and welcome to the shill side of the fandom we will look after you dearly and now it's time for the star wars interview dennis pellegrom are you ready for your star wars interview i was born ready yes i like it okay here we go dennis who is your yeah. favorite star wars character the han solo played by harrison ford and who is your least favorite character? Least favorite. I would have to go with uh, Captain Phasma. What is your favorite Star Wars scene? The Sarlacc pit battle scene, which uh, was the first Star Wars scene uh, I ever saw in my entire life. And uh, I've mentioned it uh in the beginning of this uh phenomena show it was a scene that ma made me become uh, a star wars fan so definitely the sarlacc bit scene and your least favorite scene uh very 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 easy the death of han solo and what is your favorite weapon ship or vehicle the Millennium Falcon is definitely uh, 
a favorite, but it's also uh, an answer I think most of the people will give. So I am going with uh, the Moldy Crow, the ship of Kyle Katarn in uh, the Dark Forces video games. And what is your least favorite weapon, ship, or vehicle? Those questions are harder than the uh, the shill uh, quiz. Um, <laughs> least, <laughs> least favorite ship. Least favorite ship. I didn't really like um, the new Millennium Falcon, which was seen in um, the solo movie. It looked um, too new to shiny so yeah the the new millennium falcon what is your favorite star wars movie a new hope and what is your least favorite movie least favorite uh maybe the force awakens mainly because uh the death of solo and um the script was responsible for not uh giving us um the legacy characters in the way uh many fans including myself uh wanted them to be which i mentioned earlier i would have preferred the luke hana leia from the expanded universe so yeah that's that's yeah that's going to be my answer which Star Wars quote, phrase, or noise do you like the best? It's a quote from Qui-Gon Jim in The Phantom Menace. And when they're on Tatooine, he says, I'm not sure if I get this 100% correct, but he says something like, I'm sure a solution will present itself. And it's something I use, I, I, I think about um, quite a lot when things <laughs> uh, are not going the way I want, or I'm like, oh, how I'm going to get out of here, or how am I going to handle this? I'm sure a solution will present itself. I hear Liam Neeson say in my head. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that one. What Star Wars profession would you like to attempt? Ah, Star Wars profession. Um, definitely no bounty hunter. High risk of getting killed. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, a protocol droid. <laughs> <laughs> and what Star Wars profession would you not like to do? Although you may have... Just answer ah. that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, being a janitor on a first order base. <laughs> Mop, mopping, mopping the toilets. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, if Force Heaven exists, what would you like to hear Obi-Wan say when you become a Force ghost? This is your first step in a larger world. Oh. 
Oh, Perfect. Poetic. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I've got the goosebumps up and down my arms. <laughs> Very good. Dennis, that is your Star Wars interview. Okay. Thanks. Fantastic to be on the show. Oh, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, we, we could have gone on for so much longer, and I'd love to have you on yeah. again sometime in the future. I mean, we've oh, said it, there's, there's so much perfect. going on with Star Wars, so yeah. it'd be great to get your reactions to all the things we've talked about, The Mandalorian, Episode Nine, and beyond. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, we mentioned yeah. it throughout the show. I definitely encourage everyone to check out. So please give them the links to the various websites you're involved with and how people can find you online. Uh, just uh, look for my name on Amazon or uh, look for uh, the Star Wars Interviews book series. Uh, there are currently two books uh, out there, uh, Volume 1 and 2 of the original trilogy and Expanded Universe. The, uh, both of those volumes I uh, have uh, all my interviews with the folks from the original trilogy. Uh, this fall, Volume 3 will be released. It will be all about the prequel series, The Clone Wars Animation. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that will be out uh, in the next couple of months. Awesome. And I'm sure... You know, people will, will find so much good stuff. And uh, StarWarsInterviews.com is your website. You're also active on Twitter. How can they find you on Twitter? Star Wars, uh, I-N-T-R-V-W-S is my Twitter handle. And I'm also on Facebook, Star Wars Interviews, Facebook page of the website. Perfect. And of course, all the, the links will be in the podcast description notes. So mm -hmm. again, please do go and check out. So Dennis, I know normally you are on my side of the table hosting the interview, but I want to thank you for being such a great guest. Ah, thanks. And thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, normally I'm the one who's asking the questions and just the questions. And besides uh, uh, that, I'm the one who's uh, constantly listening to the actors. I hope that despite the fact that English is not my uh, first language, people have understood the things I've said. Okay. No, no worries on that front at all. So, so don't worry. Dennis Pellegrom, you've been a great guest and you're a valued member of the Fandom Menace. Thank you once again. Okay, thanks.